0: Um, Thank you guys for the confidence that you guys have put in us to come down here and to serve as your pastoral family. Uh, We are beyond excited. Our house right now looks like a cardboard factory threw up in it. Uh, We have boxes everywhere. Our our garage is packed and we're a little bit stressed, but that's all right. We're excited. We're glad to be down here with you guys. Um, But it seems like, you know, this time of year can be kind of chaotic, right? Right. This time of year can be very stressful, especially for you guys, because you're getting ready to get a new pastor. You know, we're coming down on the 29th, and my first official sermon will be January 5th, and and now this week is, is Thanksgiving week, right? And then after Thanksgiving, you have Christmas, and after Christmas, you have New Year's, and and if I'd have you pull out your phones and look at your calendars, yours are probably going to look like mine, right? It's just jam-packed with color and numbers and times and schedule, all kinds of stuff, right? It seems like this time of year, when November 1st starts, everything goes on chaos mode, right? Yeah? Am I the only one that goes on chaos mode during the chaos mode during the holidays? <laughs> it seems like it seems like it just from, from, from November first until January first. It seems like everything is chaotic. And, and this week, and just it's less than a week, we're going to be celebrating Thanksgiving, right? And so, if you're like me and you procrastinate, um, my wife hates it. Um, she's already prepared everything. We're already getting our, our 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 meal ready, and we're getting everything scheduled. And, and so if you're like us, you, you start preparing early, right? You know, if you're traveling, you make sure that if you're if you're like me, you make sure the oils change and your tires are good. And then you got to book the hotels or if you're hosting families, what do you got to do? You got to clean, right? you got to get the house ready you got to make sure everything's perfect and so you start getting everything ready to go and then you sit down and you write out the the Thanksgiving meal plan you get the turkey the ham you get all the the casseroles you get everything ready to go and then you get the drinks and you make sure all the decorations are put up and if you're like my family right after Thanksgiving we forget Thanksgiving ever happened and we get ready for Christmas time and and the Friday you get all the Christmas decorations put up and and then uh, my family this year on Friday we're taking a hunting trip together and and people get ready for our favorite thing on, on, on Friday is what? Black Friday, right? Where we're we on, on Thursday, we praise God for all the stuff that we have. And then on Friday, we go and spend all the money on things we don't need. Okay, that's not my sermon. Anyway, so we, we get all these preparations ready and all the schedule, and we book in our hotels and you get the dogs in the kennel and, and then you get a, the house is spotless. Oh, and then your kids are in their perfect outfit ready for the pictures and you say, don't touch anything, don't even move off the couch until your grandma arrives. All right, I get a perfect little outfit and then it happens. You look out the window and you see that car pull up. And you think to yourself, at, le- at least I do, the family's here. <laughs> so it begins. <laughs> All right. How many of us raise your hand if that's like you don't raise your hand because you're probably sitting next to your family, right? So please don't raise your hand on that. But it, it does have a lot of chaos. However, the holiday season also comes with, with, a, lot of, with a lot of mixed emotions, Right. The holiday season, you have happiness, you have joy, you have excitement, you have just the thrill of all the, the lights and the decorations. And this time of year, right, we have pumpkins and turkeys. And then just in a week from now, we'll have all the Christmas lights and all the ornaments and Christmas trees. And it's a time of, of thrill and a time of excitement and joy and happiness and laughter and smiles. It's a great time of year, is it not? But then on the other side, what do you have? You have stress. You have chaos, you have anxiety, and you have worry, right? When I was a kid, uh, we used to go to my grandpa's farm. I grew up away from all my grandparents, so during the holidays, we would travel a lot. And I remember Thanksgiving on my grandpa's farm in southeastern Ohio. And it was, it was a, I mean, I look back and I just have the greatest memories uh, on that farm. Uh, my grandparents and my grandma was the one that was in charge of the meal and so all the adults she would she'd make everyone have a task you're in charge of this you're in charge of this you're in charge of this and my grandpa was told get out of the kitchen and so me my grandpa he loved Looney Tunes I remember sitting every Saturday morning with my grandpa and we watched Looney Tunes and then the meal would be ready and we'd go and we'd sit and, and we'd just have an amazing meal with grandma and then we'd go out and ride horses with my papa and And the women would get, this was before they ruined Black Friday by starting it on Thanksgiving, right? When everyone would get up at four o'clock in the morning, so all the ladies would go out and Black Friday shop and the men would go get ready for hunting season starting on Monday. And to me, as a child, when I look back, I'd think of nothing but those amazing memories. And I'm sure a lot of you have that too, right? Where you look back with nostalgia and you think, man, that was just a marvelous time. That was such a wonderful time. I just absolutely love that time. But then we grew up, right? A few years ago, my my wife Ashley and I, we made the decision to host our families for Thanksgiving. Now, when I say we hosted the families, we hosted both sides of the family on the same day, at the same time, cousins and all. I don't know what we were thinking. <laughs> See, I look back at my, 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 my grandma and, and all the great times we had there, and now I look back at that one year and I look to her and I said, please don't ever let us do that again. Please. Because all I remember is, is stress. I remember anxiety. I remember it was the year my dad told me. He said, now listen, son, you're hosting, right? I said, yes, sir. And he said, you're in charge of the turkey. And I said, No. I said, absolutely not. He goes, no, no, no. He goes, the host family makes the turkey. So that was the first year I had to make a turkey. So here I am. I'm stressed and worried. I'm anxious. I'm, a, I'm chaotic. We're getting there. All the decorations ready. And then all of a sudden dinner happened. Everybody leaves. I sit down and I think, oh, thank you, Jesus. It's over. What changed? What changed, church? You see, when I was a kid sitting there with my grandpa and my papa Watching Looney Tunes and then going out with and getting with the guys, you know, I was, I was a young boy, so I would seen all my uncles and everything get ready to go hunting. I mean, it was it was exciting. And I thought to myself, I can't wait for this day to end. As a child, I thought, I cannot wait for this day to end. But then as an adult, all I could think of is when is this going to end? What changed? And I know we think, right, we, well, we'll preacher, as you get older, as you become an adult, you have more responsibilities, right? Well, d- yeah, that's true, but does that warrant me wishing my family would leave? Or, or sometimes, right, we, we think adults, we think, oh, no, things just change as you mature, right? Trust me, I've learned. I have a belly now. I didn't used to have this. Things just change, right? But does that warrant me wishing my mom and my dad and my grandma would leave? Or we think, well, this is just the holiday season. It's chaotic, right? It's just that time of year. Oh, does that really warn us wishing our families wouldn't be around? Here's what I think happened. You wanna wanna hear what I think happened? I think I allowed myself to take the focus off of what is actually important. You see, when I was a kid, I focused on my family. I focused on my cousins and my Pawpaw, who's no longer with us. And I, I look back, I'm like, man, I'm really glad as a child I didn't have the stress and anxiety because now all I have is great memories of my Pawpaw. But as I grew older, what did I focus on? I focused on my situation. I focused on the stress. I focused on the anxiety. And there's a story in Scripture. If you go with me to Luke chapter 10, there's a story in Scripture that, that we're going to read about and I believe, church, uh, in, in, my, in, my, in my true, honest opinion, I want to be very transparent with you guys. One thing that you're going to learn about me is I speak the truth when I'm up here and always, okay? I never want to lie to you guys. I'm very transparent. And so what I believe, and the, and, and the reason I want to share this story with you is because I believe we do the same thing in our spiritual lives. We take our eyes off of what, we take our focus off of what is important, and we focus on the trivial, we focus on our situations, we focus on our problems, we focus on everything else except for what actually matters. And there's a story in Luke chapter 10 where, where this family, these, these two ladies had an opportunity to host Jesus Christ Jesus Christ was in the flesh. And so they had this opportunity to come and they had the opportunity to host him. And one of them is excited. One of them just sits with Jesus and, and, and listens to Jesus. And they are, she's just amped up that Jesus Christ in the flesh is there. But the other one, the other one acts like me whenever I host my family for Thanksgiving. She's stressed, worried, she's anxious, and she can't wait for the day to end. It's the story of Mary and Martha. And to give you a little background context in this story, Before we jump into the story at hand, um, um, Jesus Christ and his disciples here, they're doing amazing things. If you go back to to, to Luke chapter 9 and you read it, if you don't have devotions this week, let me encourage you, read Luke chapter 9 and 10. They're amazing stories. Amazing things are happening with Jesus Christ's ministry right now. The transfigurations happening. Jesus Christ, he's healing people. He's casting demons out. He's feeding the 5,000. And the more you study, you realize there's actually more than 5,000 people. You know with with the fish and the bread and 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 amazing things are going on people are are coming to him people want to be healed people want to be with jesus christ he's getting ready to jump into the heart of his ministry here and right before this story right before mary and martha's house uh, jesus met with the expert of the law and he was able to share with him the story of the good samaritan and he said who's my neighbor he said everyone's your neighbor." You got to treat everybody with love and kindness. It doesn't it doesn't matter if they look differently than you, act differently than you, vote differently than you. It doesn't matter what they do. They're your neighbors. You got to share with love. You got to share my love with them. And then we ask, "Well, Jesus, what if?" And Jesus looks at us and says, "No, no, I didn't stutter. You got to share love with them." And so now at this point in the story, Jesus and his disciples are traveling and they come to this village and they come up to the house Of Mary and Martha. And that's what we're picking up at verse 38. So read it with me, if you will. Just follow along. And it says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. And so right away, we see the importance of hospitality. So if you guys are hosting this week, remember, don't be stressed about it. It's okay. Hospitality is important. You're doing a good thing. All right? Hospitality is important. But then it says, She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Now, when I read biblical narratives like this, I I, I like to, I'm not sure about you guys, but I like to put myself into the story. When I read stories like this, I don't want to just read it at, at face value. I want to put myself into this story. And here's this man, Jesus Christ. He, he's claiming to be the Messiah. He's claiming to be the promised king. He, he, he's, he's God's son in the flesh. He is God incarnate. He is in the flesh. And he's going around and he's, t- he's doing all these amazing things. And you know Mary, his friend, has heard about all the stuff that Jesus is doing. And so what does she do? She sits at his feet and she, she soaks in. She says, Jesus, you're amazing. I hear about all these things you're doing. I'm seeing these things that you're doing. Tell me more about them. Put yourself in that story. Imagine Jesus Christ comes down. He's sitting in your house. He's sitting in your recliner. What would you be doing? Where would you be at? Wouldn't, wouldn't we want to be like Mary? Sitting right at Jesus' feet, soaking in everything he's saying? I mean, a lot of us, and when we read this story, we're like, man, I, I want to be like Mary. I want to be at the feet of Jesus, listening to everything Jesus is telling me. But then we continue reading. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. So you have one sister who's sitting at the feet of Jesus Christ, who's who's listening to all this stuff happening, all this amazing thing. Jesus is just teaching her. But then you have the other sister on the other side, who's distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Now, Now, we wish we were like Mary, right? Where we would sit there and listen to Jesus Christ. And it's at this point in the story, when we read it, what do we start doing to Martha? We start condemning her, don't we? Well, I I just can't believe she would do that. Well, I just, I can't, Jesus Christ is in the flesh. I cannot believe that she wouldn't stop and listen to him. And we start condemning her and we start hating her. We're like, oh, Martha, what are you doing? Go spend time with Jesus Christ. But think about it, church. How many of us this week, right now, on Sunday, right before Thanksgiving, are making sure that our house are perfect? How many of us are scrubbing our houses, making sure the food's perfect, your dishes are clean, you're getting the good silverware out for who? Our families, right? We're making sure everything's perfect for our friends, making sure everything's perfect for our families. But then we think, oh, I would be just like Mary, would we? Think think about that for a second. Jesus Christ is coming to your house. Would you just invite him in as it is? Or would you guys be like Martha and say, no, 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 Jesus, I, I need some time. I need to make sure everything's perfect for you. We would try to impress him, wouldn't we? I mean, let's just be honest for a second. Jesus Christ, this man who's doing amazing things in the flesh, wouldn't we try to impress Jesus a little bit? We would want him to come in and be able to relax and say, Jesus, look at all of my great stuff. Look at all this amazing, look, look how good I am. Well, that's what Martha's doing. She's sitting there saying, look, Jesus. I got all these preparations. I gotta do all this stuff. And then continue reading, what does she do? She came to him and asked him, "'Lord, don't you care that my sister "'has left me to do the work by myself? "'Tell her to help me.'" So so here's, here's Mary having the chance to sit at the feet of Jesus Christ, sitting there soaking up everything. And here's Martha doing all the work, doing everything she can to make sure it's all perfect for Jesus Christ. And then she looks over and she sees her sister chilling. Now, those of us who have siblings, okay, I'm one of three. Now, I don't want you lying. Raise your hand with me. How many of us, if we're doing all the work and we saw our siblings sitting down, how many of us would be a little bit mad? Come on. There we go. I ain't a church of liars, all right? So we're sitting there. We're doing all the work and all the preparations ready. We look over, and our our sisters, I have a sister. Trust me. If I saw her sitting there and I'm doing all the work, I'm going to go to my mom and dad and say, Mom, you better tell her to get up, (laughs) all right, because I'm doing all the work here. But what what does Jesus do? Jesus tells Mary, Mary, your your sister's working. You better go work. What does Jesus do? Continue reading. I I absolutely love Jesus' response here. He says, Martha, Martha. It's it's not angry. You know, it's not, Martha, Martha, listen. No, no. I I like to put myself in the story, like I said. I want to imagine Jesus Christ. He's kind of, I wouldn't say sarcastic, but he's he's probably giggling to himself a little bit, right? He's like, Martha, Martha, girl, listen. Martha, Martha, sweetheart, listen. You're you're upset by many things. You're you're, you're troubled by all this stuff. But only one thing is needed. Only only one thing actually matters right now. Marry your sister. She's chosen what is better, and it's not going to be taken from her. Oh, church, I absolutely love Jesus' response to her. Summed up, basically, what what he's saying is, Martha, look, what you're doing, it matters. There's nothing wrong with hard work, but your focus is off right now. You're focusing on the thing that that can wait a little bit. You're, you're, You're focusing on everything else you're focusing on all the trivial. You're, you're, you're literally, ca- stress, I don't know if you guys know this or not, you can look it up. Stress has physical ramifications to your body. It actually harms you. And Jesus is saying, you are harming yourself. You're so worried and upset by all of this stuff. But, but all of that doesn't matter right now. I need you to readjust your focus. I need you to pay attention to what is actually important. And what I have found as, I, as I've been studying this, what I have found is we do that very thing in our spiritual lives. And we do that very thing in our families. See, what happens is, is we focus on our situation. I'm calling it a situation because it's not always a problem, right? What Martha had, that wasn't a problem. Thanksgiving dinner, that's not a problem, right? That's a blessing. If you didn't know that or not, those of you, those of you who are stressing about it, that's a blessing. Okay, so I need everyone to take a big deep breath. It's a blessing. All right. So I'm not going to call it a problem per se. It might be a problem. But what we, have, what we often do is we focus on our situations. We focus on what is right here in front of us, this, this thing that is causing us all kinds of turmoil. And we're forgetting to look at Jesus Christ. And what happens is when we do that, we get everything out of whack, everything's out of control. And we sit back and we're thinking, what is happening right now? And we end up stressed, chaotic, worried, anxious, and we think, I can't wait for this to be over. And so what I want to do this morning is I'm going to break it down for you, okay? I want to share with you through. I like to give the bad news first, and then I like to give you the hope. Is that okay with you guys? I don't want to end with the bad news, okay? Because I have yet to find a situation that we're going to be in that Jesus Christ can't fix, all right? So everything that we're going to talk about that's bad, the Bible's got a solution for it, all right? If you don't believe it, come talk to me afterwards. I'll help you, all right? So what we're going to do is we're going to examine three things that happen. There's going to be three things, and then we find them in this story. Three things that happen when we focus on our situation, and then the three things that happen if we focus on Christ. And it's going to be on the screen. So we're going to have a side-by-side comparison so you guys can see it. So if you're taking notes, put a line down the middle. All right, so what happens is, is when we focus on our situation is we end up having faulty priorities. When you're focusing on the situation, when you're focusing on your problem, when you're focusing on the storm, what happens is, is your priorities get all out of whack, all out of sorts. And, and it's really interesting to see how Jesus responded to Martha here, because he doesn't, he doesn't condemn her for working hard. Did you guys know that? I don't, I don't want you guys to leave this morning and think, well, the preacher said, I ain't got to work. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> He didn't condemn her for working hard. Listen to what he says. he says. You're worried and upset by many things, but only one thing is, is needed. Mary has chosen what is better. Jesus said that to Martha, there's only one thing to need it. And that's a debatable phrase. And whatever that means, alongside a, a gentle rebuke to her, what he does and what we see here is he actually, he's okay. And he understands that, that, that practical service, it's important. Serving is important. Jesus Christ, he was a servant leader. Did you guys know that? He served. He didn't just come down here and say, you got to do this, this, and this. He served us. And as Christians, we're called to serve. And so Jesus Christ, he's not rebuking her for serving. Hospitality is important. Jesus Christ isn't condemning her for the work. What he's saying to her, he says, Martha, look, what you're doing is important. Work is important. But right now, in this moment, your priority, it's Your priorities are out of whack. Think about it, church. When when I hosted Thanksgiving dinner, when me and her hosted Thanksgiving dinner, she was smiling all day. I wasn't. (laughs) Where should my focus have been? My parents, my grandma, my family. But what was I upset about? The turkey was too dry. We didn't have enough dinner plates. Right? I was stressing about all this stuff, That really didn't matter when I should have been focusing on my family. I had faulty priorities that time. You see, I lost my grandpa when I was 10 years old. I was focusing on every, I remember those stories, but now as an adult, I'm focusing on the trivial. I forget that life is short. And what happens when we focus on our situation is we end up having faulty priorities, and when we have faulty priorities, we end up being stressed, worried, and anxious, and we think everything is bad. And what that leads to, when we think, okay, I have all this stress, I have all this work, I have all this stuff, what that leads to, faulty priorities, lead to destructive comparisons. We see that in this story. See, Martha, she was focused on all the work that she had to do, and what did she end up doing? she ended up comparing herself to her sister. She said, well, look look how easy Mary's got it. You see, she's, she's focused on all these things, but then she looks over and she sees her sister sitting there, and she thinks, man, I'm stressed, worried, and anxious. Look how easy she's got it. And she creates these destructive comparisons. And do you know what compar- destructive comparisons do? Church, listen to me. There's two things that they do. Number one, they destroy relationships. If you're sitting back focusing on your problems and then you look at someone else and you think, oh my goodness, they have it so much better than me, what you end up doing is you end up resenting the person, you end up bitter at the person, and you end up hating that person because they so called have it better than you, and you do nothing but down that person because you think they have it better than you, instead of sharing the love of Jesus Christ with them like we're supposed to do. And you end up harming the relationship between you and that person because you're focusing on yourself right? When we focus on our situation, we're focusing on ourselves. by the way. It's very selfish. And we end up making these destructive comparisons, which is actually will harm and or maybe destroy the relationship between you and that person. And then destructive comparisons, they do another thing. You ready for this? They destroy opportunities. Do you know that? When you, when you make these destructive comparisons, you're missing an opportunity. Martha had the same opportunity Mary had. Did you know that? Jesus Christ was in her home, sitting on her chairs, eating her food. She had the same opportunity that Mary had, but what was she focusing on? She was focusing on her situation, and she was thinking, oh my goodness, I have it so bad, my sister has it so easy, let me down my sister, let me tell Jesus to yell at my sister, I want to focus on this, I'm destroying a relationship, and she missed the opportunity to be with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. She missed the opportunity to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to him. You see, focusing on a situation, it creates faulty priorities. It creates destructive comparisons. And when you do all these things, when you start comparing your situation to other people's, listen to me, you end up having a lack of peace. Do you hear me this morning, church? You end up having a lack of peace in your life. When you do nothing but focus on your problems, focus on your situation, when you focus on the chaos around you, you're not gonna have internal peace all you're going to be doing is resenting the other person, tearing the other person down. You're going to be stressed, worried, and anxious, and then what you do when you make these destructive comparisons is you start competing with those people, and then you start saying, well, I want what they have, and so then you start working for what they have, which is what we call materialism, which will eat you from the inside out, by the way, because you'll never have enough, all right, and so you make these destructive comparisons, and then you compete with these people, and you're, you're focusing on all the wrong stuff, and then inside of you... You have nothing but stress, chaos, anxiety, and worry, and you become a very, very miserable person. You became a very angry person. But church, listen to me. It doesn't have to stop there. You can heal from this. We can be better, did you guys know that? There's hope from this. Let me give it to you, you ready for this? It's when we turn our focus from our situation and we put our focus on Jesus Christ. When we turn our eyes from our problem, when we turn our eyes from the storm, and we put them on Jesus Christ, we can walk on water, guys. We remember that story, don't we? We have to learn to put our eyes on Jesus Christ and focus on him, because when we do that, listen, when we stop looking at the storm, when we stop dwelling on the bad, when we stop stressing about the work, and we turn our eyes to Jesus, things begin to happen, okay? The first thing that happens is this, you ready? Ready? Priorities, or we end up having proper priorities. So you go from faulty priorities to proper priorities. You ready for this? God, family, everything else. You want to know where your priorities should be lying? God, family, everything else. Now, listen, this doesn't mean that you don't have to work. I don't want you guys going to work tomorrow saying, hey, boss. I quit because my new preacher said I ain't got to work because all I need to do is focus on Jesus Christ. Okay, if you do that, I'm going to call your boss and say, don't listen to him. That's not what I said. All right. Because listen to me, we have to work, but we have to work in the context of proper priorities. And we see that when we're focusing on Jesus Christ. Because guess what happens? When we're focusing on Jesus Christ, when we realize our family, friends, and other people have value and they are important, what we realize then is I am working for the Lord. I'm working for the good of and and to provide for my family. We see it in a different light. It's not going to stress and worry. It's because we realize I'm doing the work of the Lord. This is for God and I got to work and I got to provide for my family. Do we see the difference there? It doesn't become something I have to do. It gets something that I get to do because God has called me. God wants me to be on his team and I get to provide for my family in the meantime. Do we see how those priorities fall in line, church? When we focus on Jesus Christ, we see what's important and then we get to serve and love other people because we're following in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. We're not we're not competing with other people. We're loving them because our priorities are in line because we're focusing on jesus christ and we're seeing people through the lenses of jesus christ we get proper priorities when we focus on jesus christ point number two in this one is you have proper priorities which then leads to because once we start seeing people once we start seeing people in the eyes of jesus christ we end up having cherished relationships you stop making destructive comparisons and you realize you know what i see them through the eyes of christ my priorities are in line And we begin to love people the way that we should. You see, because Martha's attention was on the chaos and the stress, she compared herself to her sister and she became angry towards her. Whereas when we see people the way Christ sees them and the love that Christ has, we realize those people are important. Those people matter. Those people have a purpose. We're all sinners. But some of us are sinners saved by grace. And when we realize that we're no better than anybody else, they're no better than me, I want to share that grace with them just like Jesus Christ shared that grace with me. We begin to build cherished relationships instead of having destructive comparisons. Do we see the difference there, church? How when we are focusing on Christ, we love people and we want people. Because what Martha did is Martha looked at her sister and said, I can't believe she's sitting there. Whereas what she should have done is said, I cannot believe that Jesus Christ is teaching my sister. I want to do everything I can to make sure that my sister gets everything she can from Christ. We are called to bring people closer to Christ. church. We're not called to compare ourselves to them and pull them away from God. We're called to bring them closer to God. You see, if Martha had her proper priorities, she would have said, I want to do everything I can to make sure my baby sister, she gets to spend time with Jesus Christ. So you build, you have proper priorities, you have cherished relationships. And lastly, when you're seeing Jesus Christ in, in the proper perspective, and then you have these cherished relationships, what you have is peace and abundance. Church, listen to me. When you build these relationships, when you stop competing with people, and when you're focusing on Jesus Christ, he will fill you with peace that will never, ever go away. In the book of Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through 7, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice, and I love that part right there. It says rejoice in the Lord always. It doesn't say maybe, it doesn't say sometimes, it doesn't say just on the last, or the, the last Thursday of November. It says rejoice in the Lord always. Always be thankful. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, listen, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God. Do you hear that? And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds into Christ Jesus. Church, listen to me. We're not called to be stressed out, worried, crazy people that sit back and think, I can't wait for this day to be over. We're called to see people through the eyes of Christ, to have a cherished relationship with them. And when we do that, listen to me, even in the midst of the storm, you can have peace that abounds. You will have peace in abundance. People will look at you and think, my goodness, they are in the middle of a storm. How can they have peace? And you can sit back and think, because I was looking at the right place. My focus was on Christ, not myself. I read a story this week and this is what we're closing with. I read a story about a young customs officer. He noticed a a woman, he he was down there working on the border and he noticed a woman kept coming across every single day on a motorcycle. And it concerned him because on the back of her motorcycle she had this big wooden box. And every day he saw her cross back and forth, back and forth and he's like, what's in that box? And so this man, this young man, he, he, got, at, he got down. He said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get her today. And so he finally got there. He got her and he stopped her. He said, okay, listen, I need you to open up that box. And when she opened up the box, he started digging in and all he found was sand. And he said, what in the world? She goes, it's, it's just sand. He goes, why? She goes, I'm going to tell you why. It's just sand. And he said, okay, whatever. He closed the box, let her go. Next day okay, stopped her again, listen, open up that box, and he, she opens a box, sand, and this happened for weeks, and weeks, he kept, so, step, kept stopping her, he kept opening the box, kept finding sand, and he goes, I, I don't, I've only been doing this a short time, I'm gonna bring somebody in, so he called one of his retired friends, he said, listen, I need your help, man, you've been doing this for years, you're retired, you're smarter than I am, I need you to come here, he goes, okay, so they brought him in, and he he says, "All right, listen. She's gonna come here in about an hour, and when we stop her, I, I want to check that box, and, and we're gonna find her. I need you to figure out what she. I know she's smuggling something across the border." Well, he gets out, and the young man goes and looks in the box, and still sand. He's like, "What in the world?" And the and the, the older guy said, "No, no, step aside." And he steps aside, and the older man starts going. Next thing we know, she's arrested. He he's taken her away. He goes, "What what happened?" He goes, "She's been smuggling motorcycles across the border." He <laughs> <laughs> What was he focusing on, church? (laughs) He focused on the box, right? Her focus was all wrong. His focus was all wrong. She's been smuggling motorcycles. Church, listen to me. Where's our focus? What has our focus, church? Are we missing our families because we're focusing on the dinner? Are, Are we missing our children because we're focusing on the presents? Are we missing our spouses because we're focusing on the work? Church, think about this. Are we missing Christ because we're focusing on the storm? What has your focus, church?